Hey everybody, and welcome to the Laracast Snippet. No, this is not the voice of Jeffrey Way, it's the voice of Luke Downing. I'm hijacking the snippet for an episode because I've got something I'd like to talk to you about. And for me, this is sort of like the Avatar coming of age moment, you know, where they have to bond with those dinosaur bird things and then they become Navi for real. They're men now. This is that moment for me. Um, being on the Laracast snippet. I don't even know whether Jeffrey knows I'm on here. So let's just keep that quiet in case I lose my job. But yeah, I've got something I want to talk to you about. And there are two reasons for that. First of all, end of last week, I'm recording a brand new Laracast series that I'm very excited about when my monitor begins to violently flicker. No other way to describe it. Violent flickering of the monitor. (laughs) So to diagnose the problem, I unplug everything from the back of the monitor and lo and behold, it still shows me my desktop, at which point I concede that it is well and truly busted, throw it out, and I've ordered a new monitor, but it is yet to arrive. So I still want to be productive. What am I going to do? I'm going to do something that doesn't require a monitor. I'm going to record an episode of the Laracasts snippet. But I also wanted to come on the podcast to talk to you about Laracon, Laracon EU 2024, because I've just got back from Laracon And it was such an incredible experience. I've been to Laracons before. This one was something else. It was electric. It was alive. The talks were amazing. The people were amazing. I had so many great conversations. I just want to tell you about my experience because if you've not yet been to a Laracon in person, I really think you should. If you can, if you're able to do so, it's well worth the cost and the expense and the trip because you will take so much away from it. So let me start with the talks, because I think that's why you initially book a Laracon ticket. You want to see Taylor speak. You you want to see Marcel speak. You want to hear from the Laravel core team. You want to take on board this information. So that's why you book the ticket initially. And the talks were amazing. Right from the very start, Jess Archer opened up the conference with a talk all about the underpinnings of Laravel Pulse. There were so many great database performance tips packed into that one talk. And I'd not even had my second coffee. So I probably took in about 30% of that talk. I learned so much from it. I cannot wait to go back and watch the other 70% of that talk when it becomes available online as a recording. And you should definitely do the same. Uh, What else stood out to me? Joe Dixon. Joe Dixon did a talk about Laravel Reverb, which is going to allow us to very easily set up WebSocket servers in our Laravel applications. And the nice thing is you can have that run along on the same server as your Laravel app, which is great for just getting started with a project. And then when you scale, Reverb absolutely supports putting it on a different server, being able to scale it horizontally across multiple servers with a load balancer. But it just takes all of that frustration and boilerplate and annoyance out of setting up WebSockets in the first place. So I think it's going to become much more accessible to Laravel developers, and I can't wait to start using it. Taylor, obviously Taylor did a great talk. He talked about the Laravel 11 skeleton. He showed off some new Laravel 11 features. But my favorite part of the talk was him talking about Laravel Herd, which has been around a while, but it just received built-in support for Node. So now with a single installation, you have essentially what Valet was, so a way of being able to serve Laravel apps or even just PHP apps because it supports many different PHP application types. Uh, It has PHP versions baked in and you can switch between PHP versions. 
It has global composer available from the command line. And now it has node as well. So everything you need to actually just start building Laravel applications is in a single application install. You buy a new Mac, you install Herd, you're ready to go. It's incredible. And now Herd for Windows is coming as well. So Windows users will no longer feel like second-class citizens in the community. You're going to have an amazing developer experience. It will be very easy to get up and running with Laravel, just as it has been for six months, a year now on the Mac. It's really nice features. Taylor did a great job of explaining it all. There was also Herd Pro with some extra features, and it's well worth the money. I already went ahead and purchased that. It's going to save so much time just having all of these different tools in one small kit. So the talks were great. I got to give a talk as well. I had the privilege of being able to speak again at Laracon. I love public speaking. I know I'm in the minority there, but I really love that nervous energy. I don't get it from anywhere else. And it electrifies me as, as a performer. Uh, when I get on stage and I feel that nervous feeling and then I see the crowd, it almost just flicks a switch in my brain that doesn't happen anywhere else. And I'm able to relax into the role and I become something else on stage. Um, which might not always be for the better, but it is quite fun. I had quite a few people after the talk kind of come up and say, you're so different in real life to how you are on stage. And it's true. If you ever get a chance to meet me in real life, you'll realize I'm a babbling mess that can barely string a sentence together. And I am no good at small talk. So I apologize in advance. Uh, but that's just because I don't have the nervous energy. And underneath it all, I am just an introverted developer that likes to sit at his computer and write code. But when I'm performing, when I'm recording a Laracast series or when I'm on stage, I just change. I, I, I flick over and I like that feeling. I like to be able to be that energetic person in front of the camera or on stage. So that was a lot of fun. I'm not going to go into detail on what my talk was about because I'm hoping to be able to give it again at other conferences. So maybe you'll see me there. But with all that said, and as amazing as every talk was, and every talk was amazing, every single speaker gave 110% and there was no dirt. I enjoyed every single one and I'll be watching every single talk again when they become available to view online. But therein, therein lies the problem, right? You can view these talks online after the event and you can learn just as much. You can learn more, in fact, because you can pause and rewind and watch bits again. So it's not about the talks. It's not. The real gem, the, the gold, the pot of gold at any Laracon event is the conversation. The conversation you have when you're making your way to the venue, the conversation you have before the first talk starts, the conversation you have between talks, talking about what happened during the talk, some ideas that it might have generated in your heads, the talks that you're having with developers over lunch. And the crazy thing about Laracon is everybody is united by this tool, this tool that we use. We all use Laravel as our workhorse, but we all use it in such different ways. There are people like me who record content for Laracasts, and I'm building lots of little projects that do different things. There are people who are bootstrapping many different like entrepreneurial ideas using Laravel, and they're just using Laravel to get them off the ground. There are massive teams that have millions of lines of code. They're using Laravel, and they're able to scale perfectly using the toolset that it provides. And all of these developers come together in a melting pot. And the conversation is just so engaging. 
I enjoyed chatting so much with so many different developers. But there was a standout conversation that made the conference for me. And to tell you about it, I just need to go back in time and tell you about my job at Worksome. So before I worked for Laracas, I worked for an amazing company called Worksome. And I was brought on as part of what we called the the core team. And my job was to improve the developer experience, the tooling available inside the company. And a large part of that role was improving tests. So they had tests in place, but as is often the case with any startup, the tests take a little bit of a backseat and they were not written in the most efficient manner. So they were slow. And when you would run on GitHub Actions, it could take 15 minutes, 20 minutes to give you a result. If one test failed at the end of that suite, you had to start the whole thing over again. It was frustrating. You know all this, right? You've done this before. You know how annoying it can be when you have a large test suite and it's slow. Oh, by the way, one of the talks at Laracom by Christoph Rumpel was all about uh, fixing a slow test suite. So I wish I'd have had that when I was at Worksome. But I didn't have that. And one of the ideas that we had as a team was to try and mass parallelize tests using AWS Lambda. So here was the general idea. We would take a GitHub action. That GitHub action would take our test suite and it would split it up into, say, 300 chunks. So if we had 900 tests, each chunk would have three tests. And then that chunk of tests would fire off an AWS Lambda function, which would install the project again. It would set up the database, it would configure everything, and then it would run those three tests. So in theory, and I'll I'll let me put theory in air, air quotes, in theory, you had a computer with 300 threads running your test suite at the same time. And the idea was we could drastically reduce the amount of time that it would actually take to execute our test suite. I worked on that project for about three months and I tried everything I could think of to make it work because I was so passionate about this project. It was so exciting. However, I was just hitting roadblock after roadblock. There was always something in the way, whether it was the cold boot time of Lambda, whether it was the fact that our layers were too big, whether it was the fact that we had to custom build PHP layers for Lambda because it doesn't have a PHP layer by itself, whether it was the fact that, what do you do for SQL? Do you have MySQL inside AWS Lambda? Do you have MySQL outside AWS Lambda? At which point you have 300 connections hitting the database at the same time, all trying to migrate tables you can imagine that there are a lot of hurdles. And after three months, I went to my superiors at the company and said, look, I know we've tried a lot here, but it's just not going to be cost effective. We, we can't make it work. And we shut it down. We shelved it. We looked at other alternatives instead. So I've not talked about that project much because as far as I was concerned, it's a dead end. It, it didn't lead anywhere. So why would I want to talk about my failures? Anyhow, back to Laracon EU. I was milling around and I happened to get in a conversation with Matthew Napoli, who builds Bref. And Bref is basically PHP runtimes for AWS Lambda. And his work is what has inspired and helped the Laravel Vapor team to build their runtimes. Right? So he's a very knowledgeable guy. He knows everything there is to know about AWS and Lambda and how it works. And I got into a conversation with him. And he opens up 
about this work he's been doing to mass paralyze tests in AWS Lambda. Can you imagine my face when he said that? My jaw falls to the ground and I got so excited. I asked him, oh, what, what about the SQL side of things? What are you doing there? Or, oh, what if you need Redis? Are you putting Redis inside as, as a layer? Or what if you need an extra PHP extension? Have you thought about how you're going to configure the layer to allow? And having so much experience, we were just going back and forward on this idea. He was telling me how he'd overcome challenges that I'd faced. And I was telling him about some things that I'd done to overcome a few of the edge case issues that we'd found and how I'd done it inside the parallel runner that Pest uses. It was just so fun. And I came away from that conversation so enthusiastic about code, not just about paralyzing tests, but about code in general. I came away from that conversation with 10 to 15 ideas for Laracast videos. I came away from that conversation with so many ideas for open source projects with a renewed sense of passion for code from a 20-minute conversation I had with somebody I'd never met before at Laracon EU. And I think for me, that's the key takeaway. That's the key takeaway. The talks are outstanding. You'll enjoy the talks. But the conversations, you could go to a Laracon almost feeling burned out, like you're not even interested in code anymore. And as long as you spend time talking with developers, you will come away from Laracon with newfound passion for coding, and you'll be excited to write things again. And that is worth so much money. That's almost priceless. Laracon pays for itself, and it is well worth going if at all possible in your circumstances. So I encourage you to do so. The next time there's a Laracon near your area, go ahead, book a ticket and enjoy the experience because you will come away excited about code. Anyhow, I hope you enjoyed. Little story for you there. This is the Laracast snippet. I'll catch you on Laracasts. Until next time. 